My husband and I just celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary. And when you start getting into like the 20s, I think you, you start realizing uh, what you have learned. You have enough time behind you that you can reflect on some things. And since so many of my friends have uh, teenagers, I have teenagers now, um, I thought it would be fun to share some thoughts about uh, dating and marriage and uh, those red flags um, to look for. You know, in Pro the book of Proverbs, uh, the, the kind of the pattern is that young people want to learn from the older generation, and that's what we call wisdom. Uh, foolishness in the book of Proverbs are young people who don't want to listen to uh, people with more experience than them. So hopefully we're teaching our young people how to live wisely. When I was a teenager and, and read some books on dating, really they, they had two things that they taught. Um, the first thing was marry a Christian guy. And the second thing was about maintaining sexual purity. And yes, I agree. Marrying a Christian is vital. That's a vital baseline. You got to have that uh, in place to make life uh, go along a little smoother. It's not a full guarantee of how things are going to turn out in the end, but uh, it, it certainly helps. And yes, sexual purity is, is an important conversation to have. But n now I see that there's just so much more than that. And so many um, people that I counsel in ministry um, who are on this end of marriage, uh, this end of many failed marriages, unfortunately, and also people that are uh, uh, young people that are about the same ages as my daughters, as teenagers, and I'm starting to, to notice some things. And so I just thought I'd put it together in a video of you know what I see that works and, and what doesn't work. So when you're, you're dating your boyfriend, you're kind of all caught up in uh, the emotions of that. And it's hard sometimes to just step outside of that and look at the relationship objectively. And there's very little advice out there of, of what to look for as like the big red flags in a relationship. You know, how do you know that this, this boyfriend is the one you want to spend your life with or even want to spend the next week with? Um, and whether or not he's a person of character and somebody who can weather the storms of life. Because I don't know if, if you're like me, but you know, my grandparents were married for 53 years. That's some serious longevity. Um, my mother and father-in-law um, have been married a long time. Uh, that's, that's a lot of longevity. And we look up to that. We emulate that. But what is it that gets those couples to those kinds of numbers? That's, that's really what I want to know. And how can we emulate that? And it's hard when you're a 16, 17, 18, 22-year-old young woman and you're dating a guy and how do you know that like, okay, this guy's got qualities that it takes for that kind of longevity. So this is a video really of that I wish I would have had when I was young and dating and uh, knowing what some of those red flags are. So here we go, 10 things to watch out for when you're dating. And uh, number one thing to watch out for is um, victim mentality. This is, a, this is a huge one. Life will be difficult. Life will have its own inherent challenges. That's just part of living. That's just part of the deal. Um, challenges in life should not surprise us. They're not uh, 
necessarily the result of, of evil and suffering. It's just life has inherent adversity. So you need to pick a guy that you can do life with that sees himself as an overcomer. He is not a victim of his circumstances, but he is somebody who knows how to overcome adversity. And so, you know, I was thinking about this is how do you know the difference between a victim mentality and an overcoming mentality? And so you really want to look for the kind of man who, when he gets knocked down, he gets back up, he keeps going, he tries again, he doesn't make excuses uh, that things are other people's fault or his circumstances are other people's fault. He doesn't blame other people uh, when things don't turn out the way that he expected. He doesn't complain. Have you ever noticed like how draining complainers are? Do you have any friends that are complainers? Complainers they just suck the life out of you. And you don't want to hitch your wagon to a man who is constantly complaining about situations and circumstances as being the root of his difficulties and his lack of success. Uh, you want to find a man who looks at difficulties as a challenge and can uh, begin to overcome them. So if, if you're dating a guy who's always whining and complaining about when things don't go his way, uh, it's probably uh, something to consider that maybe um, the loving thing to do in that situation is to uh, let him go because uh, maybe he just needs a little more time and space to grow up. Number two, big red flag, is porn. Um, if your boyfriend is constantly checking out other women, um, you know, he sees some girl walking down the street and he's checking her out, or if he thinks that porn is no big deal, uh, that is a great time to <clears throat> uh, probably renegotiate the relationship and uh, move on to some, someone else. And if he asks you to watch porn or reenact porn, um, and if you've caught your boyfriend looking at porn even once, he's probably already looked at it about a hundred times. So uh, that's definitely a big red flag. Um, you want to find a guy who really respects you. You want to find a guy who loves you enough to keep his eyes on you and not be looking at other people because that's what the Bible calls lust. And it's really a form of cheating on your future spouse. And uh, from God's point of view, it's, it's what we used to call, the big word we used to call uh, fornication. And so we don't want to fall into that. And so you want to have a, a man who's uh, faithful to you. He, he's looking at you and uh, not looking at other women. Because when he does that, he's really, what he's doing really is he's revealing a character flaw about himself. He's really telling you something about himself. And uh, don't think that marrying him will change this in him or that he'll outgrow it. It's just a sign of teenage immaturity. Uh, chances are he probably won't outgrow it, and chances are also very great that it will escalate and that when you someday have children, that it will impact them, especially if you have sons. And it will be a source of deep heartache, more than likely, in your marriage. And that leads us to the third reason to consider breaking up with your boyfriend is that he pressures you to have sexual contact of any kind. If your supposedly cool Christian boyfriend requests that you send him text messages uh, of your body, it's time to move on. Uh, if your boyfriend is also pressuring you for sexual contact, oral sex, uh, yes, definitely time to move on. He's, he's, what he's basically doing is he's inviting you to cheat on your future spouse 
and again to break God's law. And this is just what we used to call good old-fashioned fornication. If your boyfriend is coercing you for sexual contact of any kind, it's seriously time to move on. You're worth more than that, and that is really not God's God's best guy for you. And it's probably going to get infinitely more complicated and painful later in life if you marry him. Number four, we're on number four, the fourth reason to um, consider breaking up with your boyfriend, our big red flags, is if your boyfriend is still living with his parents, he's not making his own way in the world. He uh, really has no concrete plans to make his own way in the world. And what I mean by concrete plans is that he has like, if he is living with his parents during some type of transition, he has like a date and a time and a plan. He has money saved, he's moving out, he's doing his own thing. And uh, you know, there's a lot to be said about developing character from living in a shared apartment with roommates and eating ramen. Uh, there is little substitute for this sort of character building. And so if he gets uh, more excited and more motivated about playing video games all day than he is about building his career and making his own way in the world, it's probably time to consider walking away from that relationship because that is the, the seeds. It is a sign, my friend, of other issues. And so you want to find somebody who embraces responsibility. Uh, responsibility looks like this. It means setting goals and meeting them. It means enduring in your goals. It means uh, enduring in things that are hard, working long hours without complaining because you know it will get you to a future goal. That's what responsibility looks like. And responsibility is a prerequisite to being an adult. And if he doesn't want responsibility, then this is not the kind of person who's going to make a good husband or good father someday. And uh, it will cause a lot of complication and heartache later in your marriage. So it's time to rethink that relationship. Number five, our fifth red flag, is that your boyfriend is disrespectful to others, especially to his parents. A man who does not know how to give respect to other people uh, will not be a person that will be easy to live life with. And a man who rather demands respect from people rather than giving it generously is not someone who's going to be pleasant to live decades with. Um, so especially, here's how you can know that somebody is respectful. Watch how your boyfriend treats those he disagrees with. Uh, especially in conversations that are contentious like politics or religion. Does he know how to articulate his positions without denigrating and alienating other people? Uh, that is a big, what we call a big tell as to what kind of character he has. Is how does he treat other people that he disagrees with? Because I'm gonna tell you a little secret here. After 24 years of marriage, I'm gonna tell you something. Conflict is inevitable. Conflict is part of life. Conflict is part of every relationship. It's normal. The problem, the red flag is not the conflict, okay? The red flag to watch out for is how does your boyfriend handle the conflict? How does he handle the situation when you come to him and you tell him that he hurt, his fe he hurt your feelings? 
How does he handle that? Does he sound defensive? Does he turn the conversation around and blame you? Does he call you names? Do you find yourself in the end of the conversation apologizing a lot? Is your boyfriend um, doing these sorts of things? That is a big indicator that he is not somebody who's going to be treating you respectfully. If your boyfriend is always bad-mouthing his boss, his parents, his teachers, or other people in authority, especially those he disagrees with, he's showing you a lot about his character and how he's going to handle things when conflict comes up in your relationship. And it's, trust me, it is going to be a very long life with him. Um, a very long life of difficulty, heartache, and arguing. Uh, every time you try to talk to him about things that you might disagree on, uh, you're gonna spend a lot of time feeling put down um, and it's gonna be painful. Number six, the sixth red flag in relationships is that your boyfriend is frequently angry or controlling. Now, people who work with uh, domestic abuse survivors, and these are people that have suffered abusive relationships, either in dating or marriage, they'll tell you that all of these kinds of abusive relationships have one thing in common, and I'm gonna tell you what that one thing is right now. It is control. Control is the seeds of abuse. So if your boyfriend is trying to control you, if he's trying to tell you how to dress, or he's trying to uh, constantly tell you that you are acting disrespectfully and he's trying to control your behavior. He is already planting the seeds of abuse for later in the relationship. And you know what? Abuse just isn't about physical abuse. It's not just about hitting. That's, that's one aspect of abuse. But it can also be about verbal put-downs, uh, calling you names, calling you you're stupid, or or um, calling you the B word or whatever, telling you um, that you're the reason that he's upset or angry, that it's your fault that he's upset or angry. Abuse can also be about money. Um, by keeping uh, in a wife in extreme poverty, uh, that she doesn't have access to the family's money, that can be a form of abuse. But all of these things are really about one thing and they're about control. And um, getting angry, if someone tells you that getting angry is a sign that they're passionate, they're really convicted, that, that's, that's just a story. Um, it's, it, getting frequent anger, out of control anger like that is, is really just a sign of immaturity and possibly danger to you over time. So um, if you see these patterns in your boyfriend, that's definitely a red flag to get out of the relationship. Number seven, your boyfriend avoids hard work. Now, here's another little secret to life. This is a very educational video. Um, a secret to life is that uh, life has adversity. We talked about that. But that hard work can overcome a lot of adversity. You have to be willing to be diligent and work extremely hard in life. But if you do that, if you don't just assume everything's gonna come to you easily, but you're willing to work hard, your life will go much better for you. It's actually a biblical principle. And work is part of what it means to be created in the image of God. It's part of what it means to be human. The Bible commends hard work over and over again, especially in the book of Proverbs. So if your boyfriend makes excuses about why he can't work, 
or if he says that menial jobs are beneath him or beneath his level of education, that's a good time to run away. Because uh, if he doesn't work hard, he is not going to be able to keep up with life. And he will not be able to do his fair share of being a provider for your family in the future. So you want to marry someone who is a team player and is ready to work hard just as you're ready to work hard and not be a freeloader. Number eight, we're doing uh, 10 red flags here for um, dating. You know, when is it a good time to break up with someone? Number eight is that this, your boyfriend lives in chronic debt. He lives in debt in order to pay his monthly expenses. He's got money issues. The book of Proverbs also gives us a lot of advice, very practical advice about not going into debt. There is often even a correlation between hard work and running up debt. If a person isn't working hard, um, sometimes that is, there's a connection there with they are at the same time not working hard, but they are racking up debt. A young man who already has built up credit card debt or car payments is revealing sometimes, oftentimes, that he doesn't actually know how to live within his means. And your finances will become exponentially more complicated after you're married. And so you want somebody that can manage his money in a, in a good and, and careful way. And remember, whatever uh, debt your boyfriend has, when you get married, that becomes your debt and your responsibility. Your monies become joined together legally from the government's point of view. So whatever habits your boyfriend has now about money are going to likely continue into your marriage. And over time, mounting debt is a very common reason that people get divorced. So if you want to have longevity in your, in your marriage, possibly like your grandparents have had, then you're going to have to be very sober-minded about money and trying to avoid debt. Number nine is that your boyfriend doesn't value your dreams. See, God created male and female both in his image, and he created both of them to rule and reign in his kingdom together. And uh, in his, uh, if, if your boyfriend's future is all he ever talks about is his future, and that's all he's wanting to invest in is his future, he's really showing you that there might not be a, a place for you in that future, that his future career or his future dreams or aspirations are actually more important than you. If he's kind of looking to you as being like a sidekick or a support to help facilitate his dreams, then you're going to have to be willing to sign up for a lifetime of that. And at some point you might wake up and realize, wow, where's the room for my dreams? So you want to find somebody who's an equal partner and that you can work out your dreams together. And part of those dreams include serving the Lord and how you will serve him in his kingdom. Which leads us to number 10. If your boyfriend is just going through the motions of being a Christian, he's sort of a, a Christian in name only, or maybe he's just going to church and he's going to a small group study with you, but he's really just, you can tell, he's just not that into it, okay? This is quite likely not gonna change. And if you are fairly serious about your faith and you marry somebody who's not as serious as you, 
that is what the Bible calls being unequally yoked. You can be unequally yoked to an unbeliever, but you can also be unequally yoked to someone who calls himself a believer, but they're just really not that serious about their faith. They're not serious about repenting from their sins. They're not, they're not um, engaged in uh, a prayerful life and, and studying scripture and having a, a vibrant and active relationship with the Lord. And this can lead to a lifetime of complications. Um, and here's just one, just one complication is someday if you have children with this guy and you are not equally matched spiritually, children have a tendency to gravitate to whatever level of spirituality is held by the father. And so if you marry someone who is lukewarm in their faith, the children will have a tendency to emulate that lukewarmness. They will emulate whatever the spiritual life is of the father. And so you, you don't want to look for a man who just calls himself a Christian. You want to look for a man who um, is active and serious and vibrant in their faith and has a vision for how both of you can walk in faith together and serve the Lord together. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, yeah, well, my boyfriend, you know, you just don't understand. You don't know him the way I do. He, you know, he's a really good person. And uh, we're working on things. I'm going to change him. You might be thinking that in the back of your mind. He's going to change someday. He'll outgrow this. This is just teenager uh, hood. And I, I want to let you know that um, I, I have a lot of friends who have been married for a long time. And um, whatever a guy is when they're a teenager, that's pretty much what they're going to be for the most of the rest of their life. Do some people change? Absolutely. But it is extremely, extremely rare. And whatever the person's character is that they're living out right now is the seeds of what is going to bear fruit later in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. So trust me on this one. Uh, chances are he will not change. And uh, chances are you will not be the exception. And I get it. I get the temporary awkwardness and difficulty of breaking up with somebody. But um, trust me, after 24 years of marriage, I can tell you that that temporary awkwardness and difficulty uh, will be far easier than a lifetime and or decades of heartache of being married to a man who lacks character. And this is a very difficult conversation, but this is what we as parents are trying to communicate to our children of how to choose wisely. And that's a really a biblical principle. See, the biblical way of looking at life is to understand how life works, to get wisdom from our elders, and then make good choices. The world says, learn from our mistakes, uh, make lots of mistakes, and then learn from them, and then have a better life when you're in middle age or older. But the biblical wisdom is, no, learn first. Learn from your elders, learn from their mistakes, and then choose wisely. I hope that, that this has given you some things to think about, and, um, that you will think about these things um, as you're thinking about who you're dating and what your future can look like. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.